It's kind of shades of the old days when we used to let the whole theme play because Milt Rosenberg was still talking to his guests and uh, hadn't exited the studio. Out of here! Now! Enough of this hockey and these fluky plays. So when we heard the announcer say, that was a fluky play, we looked at each other and said, oh, hot dogs. Used to love fluky sandwiches. Yes. Oh. And the little red hot um, chewing gum, the little weenie gum. Yep. I'm, I'm showing you. I'm demonstrating for you, folks. And we used to go to the Flukies on uh, Western, Western uh, just north of... Peterson and Western. Was it Peterson or It Western? was on Peterson, just east of Western. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, you're thinking about the one by the old Poppin' Fresh on Western. I'm, I'm, oh. thinking, I'm thinking of a different one that was up by uh, the Gulf Mill Shopping Center. Guess what? I had... Flukies and Wolfies mixed up. Wolfies is on. That's why we have separate checking. Oh, stop! I got hot dogs on my bread. But but it was the one up by Gulf Mill Mm -hmm. where they used to have the old car show once a month. Yes, this is true. All right, now that we've settled all that, we can go home, right? Yeah. (laughs) Our work here is done. Actually, I want to stay because it's so busy out there. I feel safe in here. It was like. Morning rush hour. It was crazy. coming into the station tonight. Yes. I don't know what the heck is going on. Oh, there's a whole bunch of things going on. We got a little thing called Blues Fest that's happening. Well, there is that, and uh, the uh, concert at Wrigley, uh, the Dead, mm-hmm. and the Puerto Rican Fest, and just the fact that it's 80 degrees and people are thinking tomorrow it's going to be 50, so they're going to go out and grab. A- yeah. A little bit of gusto on a Saturday night. Okay. We're going to grab for uh, for gusto and more, but right now we're going to stop talking and uh, check out what's going on in the newsroom. Catch the last set. Yep. Have a little something on the rocks. Yep. And then mosey on home. You think? Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Julian. That's a nice piece of music. <laughs> Julian is back uh, after his uh, two-week vacation because, and, and in fact, Julian, I have to ask, because I haven't checked the contract. Is the deal you work two weeks and you get two weeks off, is is that the uh, the deal? Yes, I'll be back next week, but after that, see ya. <laughs> okay. So you were in Costa Rica for the first time. It was it was hot. It was okay. It was hot. Was it lovely? I mean, as a photographer, did you go crazy taking pictures? I went absolutely insane with yeah. pictures. I on all the little tours that we did, I was the only one with the camera. Really? Everybody's using their phone, right? Yeah. Oh. And and in fact, I'm trying to post a video of the fireworks tonight, and I had the and, option. And Johnny got a great video. And we should explain for, for some people who don't know. The WGN Radio Studios, 18th floor, 303 East Wacker Drive. We look out over Navy Pier. And on Saturday nights, 10 o'clock... Navy Pier has this wonderful fireworks display. So I was standing in a corner, a dark corner, and I captured a really great 22 seconds of the finale. And I was going to put music to it, but I like the sound of Julian's camera (laughs) clicking. And it's very old school because I had chosen the music. Are you ready for this? This Girl's on Fire was my choice of music. And then I said, nah, I'll just let it be. And now, for whatever reason, I'm not having any luck loading it. But I'm going to keep trying tonight. Cause it's, and it's only about a, a 20 seconds. It's 22 seconds, yeah. And it's really, it's really lovely. The and we're trying to load it to Facebook, and yeah. Facebook should be able to do that. Oh, 
the display. Of course, Facebook should be able to do a lot of things. <laughs> yes. Supposedly. Yes. But, oh, it, it just told me your re- my reel is uploaded. I tried for the last 39 minutes to okay. upload it. So it, theoretically it is up there now? It's somewhere now. So it's probably the size of that file because the quality of your phone camera is better than even my own camera. Really? So You're you kidding. think because of the intensity or the the it, it, is it pixels is that what we're dealing with? Yeah, picture yeah. jargon. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that because I was very impressed with the video. I hope it's up there somewhere if you guys find it. Let me know. In fact, you can let us know throughout the night where you are and what's on your mind at 312-981-7200. We have a full show coming up for the shortened segment. But if you want to check out the uh, the video, go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. Facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. Spell Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-I-E. Spell show like show. <laughs> is it S-H-O-E? <laughs> show enough. <laughs> right. With us in the studio is the keeper of the big plug. We make him come in here and sit down for a while because he's slaving over that hot plug all night long right bob yes ma'am <laughs> yeah he's got his fingers crossed when he said yes um well you you had an interesting experience getting in tonight too because we were talking about how busy it is and you said you were parking in a building next to this one and you just kept going round and round and round the the, the joint was Nor- loaded normal it's uh like I, I park on level one. I'm down on level four. Ooh. <laughs> one more level and, you know, it's down with the buses. So. Yeah, okay. Well, <clears throat> I was actually happy when we walked in the building because it, yes, it's nice. It's warm out. But when I walked in the building, I felt safe because and not that there's anything untoward going on out there. It's just a whole lot of traffic. And we're, we're going to put up some pictures of our trip into the station because you guys seem to like those pictures of our trip into work. And I uh, tried to play the video and it, I get like two seconds and it freezes. Oh, no, it's playing right now. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's... Well, never mind. I've got the rest of the week to work on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Just watch this space. It'll pop up there eventually. But coming in tonight, it really was like morning rush hour. Yeah. Yeah. But it was kind of fun at the same time. I mean, we had plenty of time to get in because of the hockey game. Mm -hmm. And as I said to you, we do pass by a Wrigley Field on our way into work. We were lucky that we were coming in later because of all of the traffic that was going to the Dead concert at Wrigley Field. The Dead and Friends. Yes. And we forgot that at Chicago Theater, George Lopez is there. And our buddies, the Empty Pockets. Yeah, they're opening for Open for George Lopez tonight. Yeah. Probably already done. So a bunch of things going on yeah. uh, as we're driving in tonight. And uh, we should mention some of the people that uh, we're going to be talking with a little later tonight. Our friend Jessica Radloff, mm-hmm. uh, she wrote that terrific book, The Big Bang Theory, The Definitive Inside Story. The bestseller. Uh, New York Times bestselling author. Mm-hmm. She's going to be joining us a little later. And we're also going to talk with Consumer Guide Automotive's uh, publisher, Tom Appel, and he's going to be joining us and uh, recapping a little bit of the um, Midwest Automotive Media Association Spring Rally. And uh, we're also going to talk about EVs and some some new technological stuff. That, yeah, that like is, if you have the ability to open your car with your phone, now we're told that that can be a security risk. 
And I said, oh, good. Everything so, is a security risk. When you buy a newfangled car and they tell you, oh, isn't this wonderful? You have this technology. Give it a minute and a half and somebody will tell you that it's not so good. Well, and, and the people in one of the groups that we follow who were saying, I have to reset everything on my car because there was a new update. So they have to basically reset all their preferences. Yes. yes. And I think this is a probably just going to be the norm in the new digital car world mm-hmm. that we are experiencing. As I said, though, if you have a car that you can go off the grid in, you're probably really lucky. You know, if you can just cruise down the road and nobody's following you, nobody knows where you are. That's a luxury nowadays, um, a luxury that most of us don't yeah. have, and it's not by See, choice. See, that's one of the reasons that, that I don't just want, but I need to get that Studebaker Avante. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you do need that, sure. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, and I have up, a birthday coming yeah, up, so right. you know, what, what mm-hmm. better way to celebrate? As than, I've uh, always told you, you find the garage and we'll talk. There are no garages in our neighborhood. That's true. There's not a single garage. Trust me, I would not say that if I hadn't checked first. There are none available. Nada. So sure, yeah, you find the garage. Uh And watch, somebody's listening saying, I'll move my car out so Steve can get that car for the birthday. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back and a little round robin, all the people who are listening to us all over. And thank you, because um, as a taxi driver Bob said, in the immortal words of Don Rickles, how are you hockey pucks tonight? So hockey's behind us and the Steve and Johnny show coming up and we're going to get down to business after this. <laughs> Am I going to have bourbon tonight or I'm going to have ginger ale on the rocks? <laughs> He's setting the mood for us, isn't he? <laughs> and, and I'm kind of seeing some old Peter Gunn episodes. Are you? Okay. They're playing in my head. Well, speaking of um, being in interesting places, our listener Ryan is dining at Reflections on Deep Lake in Lake Villa. Doesn't that sound like a lovely place? He says it it would remind... Reflections on Deep Lake. He says it would remind us of Fisherman's Inn in Elburn. I love that name. And we used to go to Fisherman's Inn when we were, uh, before we were married. Yes, yes. Back when they would give you matchbooks with your names embossed. And we still have a couple of those matchbooks. Embossed in gold Mm -hmm. on the white matchbooks. And I often thought, what if you were there with someone you're not supposed to be and they made you a matchbook and you happen to put it in your pocket and you go home and you've got his or her name on your matchbook? Of course, uh, you mentioned Lake Villa, and of course, you know it starts playing yes. in the jukebox in my head. Uh, Thrilla from from Lake Villa, mm-hmm. our buddy Bob Young. Uh, so, Ryan, good evening, uh, and thank you for reflections on Deep Lake. Um, that sounds like it's got to be a title of a novel. Yeah, or Nancy Drew. <laughs> yeah. Mystery. Uh, Bobby D, listening as always. especially Especially since the Cubbies won tonight in San Fran. Uh, Barbara is listening to us in Salmonac, and she said she's in the middle of a cornfield out in Salmonac, so thank you for tuning in. Richards and Lansing, Norbs and Aurora, Judy B's in Oak Lawn. Um, another Bob, this one is traveling from Morton Grove. 
all the way from Morton Grove to the northwest suburbs. We're going to keep him company tonight. Yes. Michelle is in Vernon Hills. Christine in Plainfield. But we're getting out there tonight because Betty is listening in St. Louis. Jean's in Milwaukee. Nancy's in West Allis. Helen is in Kenosha. Matt said, phew. I remember to check in. That's Matt Palmer in Kenosha. Uh, also, we've got a Joan listening to us in Greenville, South Carolina. That is if she was able to stay awake. And I said we would talk about her if she mm-hmm. didn't stay awake. So now I'm talking about you, Joan, because I said you better stay awake tonight. <laughs> and I'm curious. that When you check in, if you can, let us know. Are you listening via the Internet or the old-fashioned way via a really good radio? Mm-hmm. Because when we're down in uh, Panama City Beach, uh, I have the uh, Sea Crane uh, Skywave radio. Mm -hmm. And this puppy comes in like a local station at night. And uh, Bob is still in here, the keeper of the big plug. Uh, What's the saying when the shadows get longer? The shadows get longer, the the signal signal gets gets stronger. stronger? Is that how it works? So in the wintertime, we would get out farther, right? Yep, and longer. Further or farther. but we are, I guess it's what kind of radio you have in your car, we oftentimes are able to pick up the, the well, station. Well, it was uh, Johnny, we were down in Panama City Beach. Johnny went into the local Publix. I'm sitting in the car waiting for, it's roughly 3.15, punch on the radio, and there's Lisa Dent. It's not even garbled. In, it's no, not hashy not or anything. Even, not hashy, yeah. not nothing. In fact, I held my phone up to it and made a video and sent it to the bosses here and said, ah, listen to that. <laughs> now, this was, I think... February. Was it February? Yes, it would have been in February. So, again, okay. shadows were longer. Signal is stronger. I, I I just knew I was going to screw that up. So that's why I'm looking at you like, okay. right? Yeah, okay. Bob's <laughs> nodding. Yes, that's close I'm right. for jazz, <laughs> yes. and we are playing jazz tonight. <laughs> oh golly! Um, thank you for texting in all you folks who are checking in three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. And as Steve said, in the future, just tell us how you are listening to us, just out of curiosity. Just curious, because uh, back in the olden days, uh, Sunday nights, there was a station in Las Vegas that used to go off the air. And we would get over-the-air radio listeners from Riverside, California. Yeah. It, and they said it came in like a local... St- of course, this would have been about 1, 2 in the morning, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, wasn't the station in Vegas also at 7.20? Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's the station that went dark for a while, but now I believe they're back on. Oh, oh! Because they were purchased they, by they, they were a sports station. Is it? I'm not sure what they're doing. I think now they are just like a betting station. I think that's how they went. Where that that's all they do is just take your money <laughs> and laugh all the way to the bank. Hey, Bob, while you're in here, do you know? Do people still send in postcards? Yes, ham QSLs. Really, yep. really still do. Yeah, because we used to have a map where we would put like little pins up. Mm-hmm. We talked about putting it back up because you know that would be cool. I think it's fun to watch. You know, yeah, yeah. It's kind of fun. Like when you hear from Sweden or uh, Finland, because I remember one night we had some guy listening to us in Finland, and he said, I'm sending in a postcard, but we had the internet so he could communicate with us, which was cool. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Bob, but didn't we also have some over-the-air listeners in Russia? Probably, yeah. I mean, I had a station that was AM 1690, and I got a guy in Australia Hmm. said that he had a sheep farm 
Huh. And uh, he took uh, uh, he took copper wire and ran it a quarter mile in each direction, so he could pick up American stations. Wow, that's dedication. Hmm. A quarter of a mile. Copper wire is expensive too. <laughs> we know because we had our air conditioner stolen and when we asked why why would they take the guts they said because they want the copper wire out of your air conditioner we got a call from our orkin guy in florida he said i'm here to do your house and uh you might want to know your air conditioner is not here anymore and it was during one of the spring breaks and somebody broke in and they took it and they and it's so easy to do, too, because all you have to do is look like you know what you're doing, like you're supposed to yeah. be there. And apparently, neighbors said, we thought the guy was doing maintenance yeah. on. We had no idea when he lifted off the cover and then took the insides out and then ran to his car and got out of there. And that's exactly what happened. And then when we filed a claim, within a week, the insurance company dropped us. First claim we'd ever filed. Literally. Yeah. They did. Uh, that's another story, though. Uh, we're going to talk about some happy stuff tonight, and we hope that you will stick around because we're going to be talking about TV. We're going to be talking about some of the new shows um, and some of the shows that are coming back for what is it for Outlander? Like season forty-two, like, or I think season eight or something. <laughs> it's coming back next Friday, and that's a very big deal. So we'll be talking uh, TV and celebrity stuff, uh, some yeah. car things, and we may share a um, every now and then. We like to share some medical stuff mm-hmm. because if something that worked for us may work for you, yeah. that's a good thing. So yeah. we may share a little something uh, along give, those lines. I'll, I'll with tease you. you and tell you it's a PRP. That's exactly what it's called. Yeah. Bob, does PRP mean anything to you? No. Nope. You're looking at a woman who's had a PRP. Yep. Yep. I've had a PRP, and I'm here to say I'm much better for it. And I just noticed with what you did, I know it's making a difference. I couldn't do this last week. (laughs) Hallelujah. Those are all the clues you're getting right (laughs) now. That's right. So PRPs and a whole lot more coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Every time that theme plays, there there are so many scenes from the Big Bang Theory. Every time. They start playing in the, the... jukebox tv in my head and we're on the radio we're not watching television but when we play it nowadays it gives us an excuse to talk to the gal that's giggling on the other end of the line she is the new york times best-selling author of the big bang theory the definitive inside story she's also the senior west coast editor for glamour and her name is jessica radloff hey, and jessica. jessica you are the pride of st louis right Yes, but I do. I have to do. I have to say, I do love Chicago, though. I should say that I love the restaurants. I love the people. I love yeah. visiting the city. So I, I have a. But do you love I, the I Cubs? Love St. Louis, but I do love. I do love Chicago too. Yeah. Steve, she's got her fingers and toes crossed. She does not love the Cubs. She's a Cardinals fan no. till the end, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, there's a funny story. I actually. Wrigley Field is one of my favorite places ever. I will never forget the first time I went there. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. What wasn't cool is the Cubs fans that just spit beer on me. So that left kind of a sour taste in my mouth. But I did love going to Wrigley. Like, that was very cool. (laughs) Were you wearing a Cardinals jersey when you were sitting in the stands? Of course 
I was. Oh, I of course. Be there rooting on the, I mean, the Cardinals were in town playing the Cubs, <laughs> so I couldn't not, you know, I had to. Oh, but, yeah. you know, if you're a Cubs fan that comes to Bush Stadium in St. Louis, yeah. they would never treat Cubs fans like that. Like, okay. the St. Louis Cardinals fans are so nice, but here in Wrigley, like, <laughs> they me? did not appreciate what? that. <laughs> you know what? We are going to get in some deep doo-doo if we don't stop this line of thinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica oh is the Too best funny. seller of the, uh, just an amazing book. In fact, when I walked in tonight and I signed on to the text for the show, a listener yeah. named, named Marion said, oh, I'm so excited Jessica's going to be on. I just finished her book, The Big Bang Theory. Oh, and that's so kind. It has been just an amazing few months for you because it hasn't even been a year the book has been out. That's how we first met you. It has taken right? you so many places, Right. Oh my goodness, it's only been about six or seven months yes. since it's been out. So yeah, it's still um, it's still kind of shocking to me because just when you played the theme song, it takes me a minute to realize why you're playing the theme song. <laughs> I just get excited thinking, oh my God, I wrote a book on that. I hope we get to talk about it. And then it's like, no, you idiot. It's because, <laughs> because you wrote the oral history of it. That's why we're doing it. So that's it's still right. something that's taking me some time to get used to um, because I had to keep it secret for so long too you know was it like two years that you had to keep it a secret as you worked on it pretty much yeah and I swore the cast to secrecy I was like don't tell anybody you're doing this like I think they were so afraid and I'm sure they were like why are you so secretive and I'm like because we can't let anybody know I don't want anybody to know until we can announce it and the book is ready for pre-order so they I have to give them all credit because they all kept the secret so it's pretty cool. Yeah. And meantime, you are West Coast editor for Glamour Magazine. So you are also doing that job. Yes. <laughs> Both also jobs. doing that job. Yeah. I know. Amazing. Crazy. It, I need to think about my vacation plans. I have not I have not uh, pulled the trigger on that, but I need to take a vacation, a real vacation. But in a crazy way, were you lucky that we were going through a pandemic? I mean, if there's any good, because it allowed you to just hunker oh. down and do these interviews. And I mean, literally, as I recall, you, you told us something like 120 hours of interviews, hours. right? I was so lucky, Johnny, because if this had been at any other time, I would not have been able to do both jobs yeah. because, you know, it's like award shows were canceled on the weekends and, you know, events weren't happening. So all the things I would be doing every night or on weekends, I could devote to the book. So the pandemic was the only reason I was able to do all of that at the same time. And then also the actors were able to give so much of their time because they weren't really working. Yeah. So it was um, it was a perfect storm, even though it was an awful thing that we have gone through collectively for the last three years. But, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the bright side of, of certain aspects of the pandemic, that was one of them that it allowed for um, what I hope was a great escape for a lot of people yes. to get more enjoyment, um, you know, and appreciation for this show that they loved once the book was out. It, it, is it fair to say that if it hadn't been for the pandemic that you'd still be working on the book? I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would still be working on it. But the reason that I also tried to get it done so fast is because it was the 15th anniversary yeah. last mm-hmm. September. So, you know, publishers love to have like that number that you can target to be like, it's the 10th anniversary, the 15th anniversary. So, that's what we targeted it for, and um, apparently, I was like one of the only authors they said that turned um, 
their book in on time hmm. um, before the due date, because usually people need an extension. And I was just scared to death, but I was like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to me if I don't get it done. They're yeah. going to never work with me again, so I better do this. Yeah. And- now, I have to ask, because this always happens, a, a book comes out and then a couple of years later, there's an, a revised and updated version. Are you working yeah. on the revised and updated version? So, um, is there going to be a revised and updated version? Is yes. that what you just asked? Yes. Are you, yeah. or, or you couldn't, you can't tell us because you'd have to kill us if you told us? No, no, no. <laughs> there will be the paperback edition, which should be coming out later this year. And there will How be. How big is that going to be? Is it going to be the size of a phone book or something? <laughs> well, you know, here's the interesting thing about that is there are a few updates to the chapters. Um, but for the most part, there's 48 new photos that pretty much have never been seen before. So I'm kind of curious because the book was already clocking in around 512 pages. Mm. So if you add another 48 photos to this, <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm just going to say that. So It's like Encyclopedia <laughs> Britannica. It. I didn't object. Yeah, no. they, they let me do it. I did yeah. not object to yeah. it. Um and I still have Kaylee Cuoco's Polaroids, um, oh, and I was going through, like, there's so many of them that we didn't use even in the hardcover. So it was kind of fun to be able to pick and choose some really mm-hmm. exciting ones that I don't think the fans have seen before for the paperback eventually. I, but, can, yeah. I can see it now. I, I, right now, I, there I am lying in bed, and they say, how did she go into a coma? Well, she was reading the paperback version, <laughs> it and it nice. fell on her face. <laughs> That's exactly right. I know. It's so crazy. That's wonderful. And that I just had this vision of of some members of our audience, um, probably male, uh, thinking to themselves, Kaylee Cuoco Polaroids, what? Oh, what? yeah, Kaylee Polaroids. Kaylee Polaroids, right. huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? Uh, we're talking with Jessica Radloff. She is the author of the definitive Big Bang book. And uh, you just mentioned that um, during the pandemic, of course, uh, actors weren't working. And we're going through a crazy right. period now with the, the writer's strike. We're going to take a quick yeah. break and come back and talk a little bit about the last time there was a writer's strike and how that impacted the Big Bang Theory. So stay with us here on WGN. We're talking with one of our favorite people. Jessica Radloff is the uh, New York Times bestselling author of The Big Bang Theory, the definitive inside story. With, And we, we always mention that when we uh, introduce Jessica. But honestly, not just because Jessica on, is on with us. If you don't have this book, if you're a Big Bang f- fan... Oh, boy, do you need this book. <laughs> oh, yes. It's like a- I have to say, you guys are so sweet always to help promote it, you know, because a lot of people think, especially with a book about a TV show that's popular, like, oh, it'll just sell itself. And that's not the case, because no. so many fans will even still say to me to this day, I didn't know there was a book. And it drives me crazy, because I'm like, yes, there's a book, and it's, it's all, you know, it's all the cast reunited and everything, and... So what you guys always do for me is so appreciative and so sweet. So thank you for that. Well, as a matter of fact, we have listeners uh, all over the world and uh, just had a text from someone uh, who says they're in London and they want to know, is the book available in Europe? So interesting you ask. Um, I just got the copies of the Brazilian version, which is translated into Portuguese um, the other day. 
So it is in Brazil. It is also, it just came out in Germany. So it's been translated into Germany. It's also supposed to be in Croatia. Um, it's supposed to be in Poland. Wow. I'm still waiting on France in Italy and Spain in particular because so many, there's so many fans that are like, is it in Spanish yet? And I'm like, shockingly, no. So, you know, people that want to buy it that it's not translated yet and where they live, you know, talk to your local bookseller and publishers because the fans really in Brazil campaign to get it translated and get it sold there. And that's how it happens. So sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but I'm, I'm hoping so. I know some people that live in the UK have been able to order it on Amazon and have it shipped, which is not the cheapest. Um, But, um, but I'm hoping soon because this is such a global phenomenon and the show is so popular all over the world that, you know, I hope it's available there. I know it's available actually in Australia, um, but, um, yeah, I don't know about the UK yet because certain people have asked me, you know, they said, can you sign it for me if I come to the States and then take it back with me overseas? So I'm hoping, but everybody, yeah, just keep asking your local bookseller and that hopefully so, that'll help do it. That's very cool. I'm so happy for you because that just must be a kick when you, there it is in Portuguese and Spanish yeah. and German. <laughs> So wild to yeah. see that, especially like the acknowledgments when, you know, sure. I think I thanked our family cast in the acknowledgment. So to see <laughs> it translated into Portuguese, I'm like, wow, okay. You know, as as I was getting ready, and we're going to get back to the writer's strike, because I do want to talk about that, because you are in L.A., yeah. and, and it does have a tie-in with the Big Bang. But as I was getting right. ready for the show tonight, and I picked up your book, I realized we never asked you why the cast is not on the cover of the book. And on the cover, for people who've not seen it, you see the famous elevator with a crime mm-hmm. tape across it, because it is not working. And I'm sure you had to wrestle with, well, what goes on the cover of the book? Do I put Kaylee on the cover because that's going to get people's attention or do, you know, so how did you come up with just going with the elevator on the cover, which is an attention getter for sure. To make a long story short, I lost a few years off my life trying to deal with the cover image because I did want the cast on the cover originally. And what I found out, um, and these are some of the secrets of the publishing world that you just don't know, is that a lot of times a book that is licensed by the studio will often put the cast on the cover, meaning that it's an official piece of merchandise. Uh And sometimes when you do an official licensed piece of merchandise, you're going to get a watered-down happy-go-lucky version of whatever it is that you're reading about. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that, a lot of publishers, you know, when you really do get the inside story, and and I was lucky because I had Chuck Lorre's blessing and I had the cast participation, which doesn't always happen. But in my case, they were afraid to go with a cast photo because they didn't want it to look like an official piece of merchandise Uh that you've seen before, like a DVD cover, you know, because the cast is all over those DVD covers. So they didn't want it to look like it was just a trivia book that you could pick up, you know, in the store and there was nothing of, I don't want to say of substance to it because there's still, you know, substantive Mm -hmm. material in official books, but this wanted to show that we were going behind the scenes a little bit more. So Ah. it was, it was a long conversation about how do we do this? And I, I also didn't want it to feel comic booky. 
Um, because to me, this was a really, you know, deep dive into this series. And mm-hmm. it's more than just surface level. So I, I wanted something that that really paid respect to the show. And we ended up on the elevator and I just, I wanted it very clean. And, and I asked them at the very last minute if we could add in the lights that show the, you know, you see the stage lights Mm -hmm. that kind of shine on the elevator. I wanted that added in at the very end because I wanted to show this was kind of the behind the scenes Ah. inside story of the book. Uh Um, You know, so that's really why. Now it's interesting because the, Brazilian cover of the book does have the cast on there. Really? Um, and yeah, it's different different covers for different countries, I found out. But yeah, in the United States mainly, um, they don't put usually the actors on the cover. A lot of times they will draw the actors, and I was totally against that. I was like, <laughs> we're not drawing anybody. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so that's how we ended up on the elevator. But there was also a discussion of, do you put the couch, do you put Sheldon's spot? And ultimately, yes. we, we wound up on the elevator because the elevator included everybody. Yes. Everybody mm-hmm. was part of that. Yeah. So um, I'm really, really happy with the design and how it came out. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Um, but it was a it was a long process to get there, and a lot of collaboration. And I'm I'm so happy that you know everybody really felt so good about it in the end. But they, it was it was hard. And it's it's weird, but the elevator really was another cast character, it and was. had and had yeah. a full story that came full circle All by the, the end of the yeah, series. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. Yeah, and that particular image is actually a photo that I had taken from the set and I had given to them mm-hmm. um, so they could replicate it kind of in like a drawing and stuff. Yeah. So it's cool to, to think back like five years ago that a photo I took on set, not knowing there would ever be a book, is what was the basis for drawing it on the book. So yeah. it's cool. All right. Yeah, so hold, that's the story. <laughs> hold your thought. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to get to the business of the writer's strike. And I'm going to find out if Jessica's thawing out because they've got some really weird weather in California. But stay with us. We've got a lot of ground to cover with Jessica Radloff here on WGN. We are now actually going to get to the yes. writer's strike stuff. Right, right. So the writer's strike, uh, it seems like it's been going on forever, but it was back in May, early May, yeah. that unions yeah. representing the the writers in film and television uh, took to the streets. Mm-hmm. And that was the first strike since that landmark strike back in 2007. Right, Jessica? Yes, that is correct. And it was Big Bang's first season And it's so interesting to be going through it again because it was such a big point in the book of why the show succeeded, which I didn't even realize to that magnitude that they they really credited it with the reason why they got so many viewers. So it's really interesting to be going through it now, you know, some 17 years later. So are you hearing anything on on the streets uh, from writers who are wondering how they're going to pay their rent? Yeah, it's really scary because, you know, viewers won't see too much of a change for a while. Granted, you know, a lot of the daytime talk shows are in reruns. So are um, the late night talk shows. Of course, Saturday Night Live didn't get to air the last three episodes of the season because, you know, the writer's strike Mm -hmm. shut that down. Um, 
But with that said, everything else is kind of proceeding as normal in terms of just what you're watching on the airwaves. So a lot of the shows that you expected to return this summer are still returning this summer. They were finished way before the strike happened. We're really going to start to notice it come the fall because you have shows like a Young Sheldon, for instance, which finished its sixth season um, in March Mm -hmm. and it just aired the finale in May. But normally the writer's room would be starting up again right now Mm -hmm. and they would start filming again in August. So we're already going to have a bit of a delay. Now, whether they could catch up, depending on if a deal is reached, that remains to be seen. But the way it's going now from everything that I'm hearing is that negotiations are not even uh, beginning again. No, both Mm -hmm. sides are not speaking. So this looks like it's still going to go on for quite a while, which means the fall TV season will really be a lot different from what people have been expecting the last few years. It's also why ABC has mainly put a all-reality lineup for their fall schedule already because of this. So, um, so yeah, the summer's going to pretty much proceed as normal, but then in fall we'll start to see a lot of the effects of the writer's strike, especially if, if there's no agreement that's been reached. You mentioned ABC and uh, the reality shows, and that's exactly where I was going to go. Do you, from, is it your sense that if this is a uh, prolonged strike, that that's the way all of the networks will go, just edging toward reality TV, because they can kind of get around the writer's uh, uh, input if they're doing, quote, reality shows. Yeah, and it changes everything. It changes the landscape just the way, you know, the same way that the O.J. Simpson trial changed it. You know, Mm -hmm. so much... So many of the viewers of daytime TV dropped off after that. Um, so it really is scary because linear television, meaning like, you know, broadcast and cable, has already been losing viewers for the last few years. So what a strike will do is anybody's guess. Um, but then you could also have this, uh, an opposite effect in which people really crave that scripted programming and, and they do come back to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's only been about, five and a half weeks so far. It feels, like you said, much, much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll see. I mean, you know, right now both sides aren't, aren't talking. SAG might be striking as well. I do feel like if SAG goes on strike, that might actually end up being a good thing because it might encourage all of the unions and the studios to start talking faster because there's, you know, they have more leverage. So I don't know. It's very interesting, but it's very sad because a lot of people you know, writers need to work and, you know, people don't get paid as handsomely as I'm sure a lot of people think they do. So, you know, you really, you want them to get a fair deal though and and be able to get back to work soon. And and two things. One, for people who don't know, SAG is the Screen Actors Guild. But two, I'm curious, we've talked mostly about the the major networks, but what about, what about your HBO? What about Netflix? What about, they're also being impacted by the writer's strike too, aren't they? They are, but the thing that's different about streaming and cable is that they don't operate on the same, usually, fall schedule. You know, we mm-hmm. always used to get, you know, the TV guide in the mail, you mm-hmm. know, fall television premiere. And, and streaming doesn't really operate that way because they, you know, they put such prestige shows on all year round. In fact, a lot of the networks, um, and when I say networks, I, I do mean streaming and cable, they put on their prestige shows, meaning the shows that they believe that could win Emmys, um, by 
the end of May so that it's eligible for Emmy consideration. So, you know, there's there's so much programming that's already been kind of ready to go for a while now. And there's going to be a lot of shows throughout the rest of the year that have already been completed that are ready to go in streaming. They kind of are stocked up for a bit. But it is different in in broadcast um, networks because they go by a different schedule and they would be in the writer's room now to start gearing up to film um, probably next month or in August, and that may not happen. So it's just a little bit different. Um, but eventually, you know, depending on how long the strike lasts, you know, everybody will run out of, out sure. of scripted content, you know. Um, but for the moment, you're not going to see too much of a difference because so much has been stockpiled. Well, well, then I have to use this to kind of segue to something we wanted to get to anyway. Is the writer's strike likely, if it goes longer, to impact shows like Outlander? So here's the interesting thing about Outlander, which is the new season, season seven, premieres next Friday night. And it is a 16-episode season, but it's been split into two parts, eight episodes and eight episodes. So the first eight episodes have already been announced. They're going to start airing every Friday starting next Friday. Um, That will take us into August. And then they had already announced that the final eight episodes of season seven will premiere sometime in 2024. They have not announced when that is yet. Season eight is going to be the last season of Outlander. That has not started filming yet. Um, That probably won't start filming until next year, and it probably won't get on the airwaves until 2025. So I don't expect a show like Outlander to be impacted too much. Of course, the writers are probably working on season eight right now and have had to stop working on season eight for that mm-hmm. reason. But, you know, that's a show that already they had planned. They have the whole season, you know, ready to go. So yeah. you won't notice it there. You will notice it in a show like, you know, Emily in Paris was supposed to start filming this year and relatively soon. And they are not going to be filming until the writer's strike is over. Um, so that's where you'll notice, you know, things like that or, or the white Lotus, for instance, which mm-hmm. everybody, you know, can't wait for a third season of, um, I'm sure Mike white was still working on that. That's not done yet. So, you know, shows like that will definitely be impacted ones that we're going to go into production this summer. Um, they can't, they just can't write right now. So it's really wild. Every, every show is kind of different, but yeah. It's difficult to, it's, and it's, it's sad because, We'll get to the point where I think the pendulum may swing and people who want their television will say, well, just go back to work, you know, stop with this holding out. No, you've got to find out what the grievances are. I was shocked when I read some of the interviews with writers about how they're treated and how they're not paid. And and literally, there would not be a show, there would not be Mm -hmm. Emmys if they weren't doing their job. And, you know, I'm just concerned that as it goes on too long that the pendulum does swing and they don't have the support because I'm not getting my TV. (laughs) Just before we we take a break, is that one of the reasons why, for example, Dancing with the Stars is back on ABC? Oh. You know, that is a very good question. I, my personal guess is that this was decided before the writer's strike Mm -hmm. because I think it was a mistake in the first place to put Dancing with the Stars on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yes. Um, Typically, and 
you know, and I have to be careful how I say this because I, I don't want to um, put anybody in boxes, but it, Dancing with the Stars typically draws a older audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is so much easier to turn on your TV and watch ABC, watch CBS, watch NBC, rather than plug in Disney Plus and figure out how to do it. The same, it's the same reaction when Days of Our Lives went from NBC to Peacock. Yes. There was mm-hmm. so much uproar from fans because <laughs> yes. they were like, wait a minute, how do you do this? And I'll be honest, like even millennials like myself, you know, I still have trouble sometimes <laughs> switching between all the different streamers. It was so much easier just to, ha- and I, that's why I still have DirecTV because I can switch so yes. easily between. Boy, the are you singing our song? <laughs> yes. So yeah, so I completely get it, and I think that ABC and Disney realized they probably did lose a lot of viewers who weren't ready to make that move to Disney Plus. And also, let's not forget, it's really expensive to subscribe to all these different services, especially if you still subscribe to cable. So, you know, it's just it just makes good business sense to have it both on ABC and Disney Plus. So if you if you were a cord cutter and you don't have regular cable to watch ABC, you can still watch it on Disney Plus. It'll still be there. But now it's going to still be on ABC. And I think that was the really smart and right move to make. Um, whether they anticipated the writer's strike ahead of that, they might have, and that could have been a reason. But um, I think this is probably something they were definitely talking about as early as last year when yeah. they first made the move to Disney+. Plus. Absolutely. After a break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a television show that has a nice tie into Chicago, but we've never seen it because we don't choose to go with Hulu. So Jessica Radloff is our guest, and we'll talk about The Bear coming up after this. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. 57 channels and nothing's on. Well, that's what we said the other night when we looked at the DirecTV grid and there was Judge Steve Harvey oh, all good grief. night long. On ABC. Please shoot me now. Um, can I just tell you guys something, by the way? What? There is a TV station here in L.A. called Catchy TV. I don't know what this is, but they air the Love Boat. They air Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. They air Rhoda. They air Mama's Family. It is the greatest television it is. station. Yes. It is so calming. I cannot tell you how much I love to watch the damn Love Boat now. <laughs> I just get the biggest kick out of this show. I know. And then go into Mary Tyler Moore, and I love it. It yes. is the greatest thing ever. I right there with oh, but, you. But, but here's the key question. Do they show Frank's yeah. place? No, nobody shows Frank's Place. Oh, yeah, Frank's Place. I know you love Frank's Place. I haven't looked, to be honest. I need to go back and look, Steve. I'm sorry. That was your assignment, Jessica. Shame on you. I know. I I want a lot of assignments. If it makes you feel better, I've been watching already 15-hour screeners in the last two days, but I'm not done yet. Yeah. Okay. I understand. Speaking of screening, there's a show that we've not watched, and I'm I'm fearful that our 312 card is going to be taken away from us as Chicagoans because we've never seen The Bear. And it's based on the oh-so-famous Mr. Beef here in Chicago, right down mm-hmm. the street from us. Everybody that's seen it absolutely loves it. Season 2 is coming up. What can you tell us about it? Are we are we still dealing with the drama in the kitchen? Uh, have you seen any of it? What do you know? It's so funny. They actually have not sent us screeners yet, which I keep asking them daily. Guys, do you have screeners yet? Because we're getting really close to the yeah. premiere, which is June 22nd. Um, so they haven't sent them out yet. My guess is because they're still in post-production oh. since they only finished filming 
like maybe a month and a half ago. So, um, yeah, so there's, so I can't really say much only because I haven't seen them yet, but it's going to be really interesting because it kind of left on a cliffhanger a little bit Mm -hmm. at the end of season one. And it is a great show. It is hard to say whether it is a comedy or a drama. It's kind of a, it's kind of both. Um, there's some really heavy moments and there's some really funny moments. The acting is superb and you really fall in love with these characters. That's what sells this show. Um, yes, you also get hungry. Um, (laughs) but I mean, Jeremy Allen White and Io Debery are so brilliant in these roles. And, um, you know, it's just, it's become something that was kind of a a sleeper hit. It came out last summer. It was after Emmy consideration and it just kind of took off. Um, so, yeah, and there will be a season really, two there that, that, that's the important thing. Yes. There's a season two, which premieres June 22nd and, um, yeah, it's become one of FX on Hulu's, uh, yeah. premiere shows. I'm sure it's going to do really well at the Emmys this year. If there is an Emmys, because obviously with the writer's strike, we don't know, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it's great character driven drama and Mm -hmm. that to me is what makes some of the best shows and it also gets to the nitty-gritty of the restaurant industry and how hard it is so it doesn't sugarcoat anything um it's it's just a visually stunning show so if you can i definitely advise you to watch it okay jessica the time goes by way too fast when we've got you on i have a question for you when are you going to be in chicago and when can we get you in the studio (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I would love to go to Chicago. If someone wants to fly me there and put me up, I will be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> All I, right. I seriously, do you understand how much I miss the donut vault? I haven't had the donut vault in so long, and I love their donuts. I love our, like, I just love it. And there's nothing like Chicago in the summertime. Um, of course, I have to wear sweats so I don't get bitten up by mosquitoes. But um, it is just, it's the greatest. So, if someone wants to fly me in, I probably shouldn't say that. That's probably, I don't know what kind of offers I might get now. Anyway, Good point. Yes. I'm a little scared. If WGN was to send me there, I will gladly come. Oh, well. <laughs> and I will come in studio. It and will you happen. you have an open invitation in Los Angeles as well. Oh, so thank you so or much. St. Louis. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again tonight, <laughs> Jessica. And I checked, and your book is readily available on Amazon for people who's had their interest peaked tonight. Uh, uh, your book, best-selling book, The Big Bang Theory, The Definitive Inside Story, is readily available in English. Jessica, thanks a in million. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, and thank you both so much as always. Stay well. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jessica. She's so much fun. Steve King and Johnny Putman, uh, who else? WGN Radio. By the way, we should mention, uh, coming up next week, uh, Patrick Crispin will be joining us. We'll have some uh, some computer tech stuff that we'll talk about. Also, the musical mentalist, Sidney Friedman, yes. will be joining us next week. And some surprises, too. But right now, yeah. we are going to be talking cars, getting an update on what's happening in the world of automobiles. And our buddy, our car guru, as a couple of listeners have texted in tonight and said, when the car guru is on the radio, that guy would be... Tom Appel and Tom, our car guru. How are you tonight? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm going to add guru to my resume. I didn't, <laughs> yes. that's, that's good to know. But uh, you, you're putting that right next to Czar. <laughs> <laughs> but but guru requires that you get a Nehru jacket. Oh, <laughs> yes, you have to Which be a Nehru guru. Cool. I don't know if you can get a Nehru jacket at six X, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll work on that, okay? Yeah, yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Tom is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. By the way, I was uh, checking out the website, and the new ConsumerGuide.com, oh boy, oh boy, have you done good stuff with yeah. that website, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very proud of the way it looks. Well, you should be, and it's just, it's ever-changing, so if you looked at it a, a week or so ago, you need to look at it on a, a regular basis, because uh, Tom does a great job of keeping it fresh and keeping new information up there. What have you been driving lately, Tom? Um, I, you know what an interesting car is, and I never think about it much? I, I got out of, and my review is up now, the BMW X1, and that is BMW's smallest crossover, and it's uh uh, for people unfamiliar, it's a subcompact crossover. It's it's very much in the vein of BMW vehicles, and some people don't call it a real BMW because it's based on front drive architecture instead of traditional BMW rear drive ar- architecture. But having spent time with the car, it's sporty, it's fun, and it's actually surprisingly affordable, all things considered. Hmm. De- define surprisingly, surprisingly affordable. Yeah. Yeah, um, the vehicle comes, the one I drove, which was moderately equipped, came to $47,000, which, not not a bargain for a subcompact crossover, but less than the average price of a new car, and really a good deal for a BMW. And the one you drove was not just in orange metallic, but it was in Utah orange (sighs) metallic. What What the heck is Utah orange metallic? Utah. I, I think... I wonder about German marketers and, and if they have a full grasp on what sells as cool in the U.S. and what doesn't. But I'm not entirely sure Utah was the buzzword they were looking for. No. I mean, if they had said pumpkin, I would have said, okay, yeah. pumpkin orange, I kind of get that. And it is a beautiful color, but I, I looked at mm, Utah. I'm not sure. You know what? Someone who knows, they'll, they'll enlighten us tonight. Please do so. <laughs> uh, but it is a cute little vehicle. For it is, yeah, and surprisingly roomy as well. Is it really? Yeah, I fit, it, it's a four-time car. That's one of my tests, but I can sit in all four positions without having to push the seats up or back. So, and you don't uh, mean four, that at once. Adults. You don't mean right. You said I can fit in all four positions, and I said you don't mean that at once. Well, I have to move to do it, but yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's it's small, but it's not that small. No. Okay. By the uh, way, I wanted to ask, uh, quite recently, uh, MAMA, the Midwest Automotive Media Association, had their spring rally. Uh, and for people who don't know, uh, this is where you get the uh, automotive journalists and they get to sample some of the new stuff and some of the stuff that is not yet out. Uh, any takeaways from the spring rally that uh, we should share with the class? Yeah, for first, full disclosure, I did not make it this year. That's the first year in 20 years I didn't make it. Um, but I've got a bum knee I'm nursing, so walking mm-hmm. wasn't going to work for me. But that said, it was a very successful rally. Um, and one of the fun cars that we finally got there, and this is exciting because they're starting to work with the media, was a Lucid. So there was a oh. Lucid Air. Oh, yeah. Lucid, people might be familiar. That's the, the ultra-premium sedan maker. They're, they're bringing a crossover out later. But these vehicles have not been readily available to the media, but they're starting to work with the media, and you'll be able to read a lot more about that because a lot of people just drove it. <laughs> I love that name. You know, going back to Utah Orange Metallic versus Lucid, Lucid just to me is cool, and in my mind I have the vision of the It just works. 
And, yeah, and, and, the, and the model is the air. So it's the lucid air, yeah. which is, that is a great name. Yeah. It's a great name. And for people not familiar, lucid is, uh, not surprisingly, uh, electric and uh, priced uh, competitively, but a little higher than uh, some Teslas? Yeah, and that's a problem right now. Lucid is, is finding that customers are not lining up to pay as much as $250,000 for a large luxury sedan, even if it has great electric range. Um, But they are rolling out a much more affordable model at the bottom end now, but the question is, can they make money on it? So that's going to start at $70,000, which is still expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly certainly a lot more achievable. Wow. Steve, do you remember when I came home the other day and I said, you won't believe what's parked on our street, Mm -hmm. (laughs) ironically, in front of a fire hydrant, I said, there's a lucid there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And now I'm thinking about, why would you park it in front of a fire hydrant if the, if, if the and I don't know which version it was, heaven forbid it's a $200,000 version of the vehicle, the way he was parked. <laughs> um, but I'm being judgy now, so forgive me. Uh, we've got so many things to talk about with Tom and some questions coming in for Tom about cars. We're going to talk about technology in cars and what's the latest thing to be concerned about. Uh, if you have a car that you can start using your phone, for example, is that one of those security problems and we're going to talk about uh, some interesting uh, news that uh, that uh, came out about tesla this past week yes that um, involves ford and general motors and uh, who knows who else so a lot more coming up so stay with us at wgn steve king and johnny putman at wgn radio Little buddy guy, Mustang Sally, played that uh, not only because we're talking with uh, Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, uh, but also because of Blues Fest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just fun to play some uh, little buddy bit of guy. buddy guy. Yeah. Blues so, Fest wraps up on Sunday night, by the way. One of the stories that uh, was a, a big deal, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but I think this is a really, really big deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tesla's EV charging technology has now been embraced not only by Ford, but now General Motors. Am I wrong, or does this signal that Tesla's EV charging technology will become the default standard for electric vehicles? things here to, to look at and, and and they're all fascinating but yes that one of the one of the net nets of the situation seems to be now that Ford and General Motors seem to be adopting or, or more correctly going to be tapping into the Tesla charging network that the Tesla charging system which they presumptuously presumptuously call the North American charging standard no. um, is going to become the new standard and it may and and we have nothing but the the rather mediocre performances by the independent charging networks to blame for this. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was at General Motors and, and every other maker was afraid that the charging network that was out there was so bad that it was scaring potential electric vehicle buyers away, and so much so that Cadillac and Mercedes were like starting their own networks, which seemed silly. Um, but but Tesla's got one out there. It's been working for a dozen years. It's been working well, and they're fast, and they seem to always operate. And 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 the sat- customer satisfaction on them is huge. So. Tesla's going to need some cash in the future. General Motors and Ford are going to need to sell electric vehicles to people who trust the system, Mm -hmm. and this seems to be the answer. 
And one of the things, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that uh, GM and Ford will be coming up with, uh, I guess, things that you would put on your chargers that would allow them to adapt to Tesla's system? Yes. One of the things that happened already was that Tesla opened up about a third of its stations to anybody to use uh, for pay, obviously. Mm -hmm. And they had adapted those to work with what's called the CCS system, which is most of every all the other vehicles that aren't Tesla's. So some of those are already equipped for that. The others, will there will be a, a relatively easy-to-use adapter um, that can be used. I don't think it's going to be much of a barrier to use. Did I, I, I'm looking at a figure, does this seem like a crazy figure to you that Tesla has roughly 17,000 chargers in this country? I thought there should be another zero to there somewhere. It's something like 17,000, but there's a lot of units, and and one of the things that gets confusing, and the media gets this wrong, is charging stations versus charging units. Oh, okay. And these are are reported so poorly that it's hard to know what's going on. But the charging units, usually if you find a Tesla station, there are 20 units or so there. Okay, Okay. now that I can grasp. Because I'm thinking 17,000, and now GM and Ford are going to glom onto this? It just doesn't seem like a lot. But that would be 17,000 stations, and then at those stations, you have anywhere from 10 to 20 units. Yeah, there's, there's one near my office in Morton Grove. That's a te- that's a 20-unit station, ah. and it's in pretty good use all the time. It's, it's where you don't see at least four or five cars there. That, a little projection into the future, but is one of the things that will be needed uh, down the road for some of the, say, the truck stops and other places to embrace the electric charging technology the way they have gas pumps. So when you pull into their facility, yeah, you've got a gas vehicle, here's the gas pump, but you've got an electric vehicle, here's the electric charging facility. So One of the things that that people are complaining about is that when you find a charging station, not a Tesla one necessarily, that it's often in a rather unpleasant location in the corner of a parking lot, Mm -hmm. something that may not be open when you get there. So that's problematic, and and there aren't things like restrooms or convenience stores or anything. So that is a problem. And additionally, and this is just because the electric stuff is a little bit Johnny-come-lately, the the, the stations themselves, the electric... um, uh, charging stations are often a bit remote, even when they're installed in an interstate gas station. And that's simply because there are some complications of getting electricity uh, to these things and oh. gas pumps being near electricity and stuff like that. Oh, well, the, yeah. Also, will some of this start to change, too, as the electric vehicle range becomes uh, more? Because right now, maybe somebody going to their local mall they're going to need to recharge by the time they get to the mall, so that's why you will find some charging stations at the mall. But as the vehicles increase their range, will this allow for this kind of uh, 24-hour truck stop, uh, same as a gas station technology, to be at those locations rather than your malls and Walgreens and every place else? McDonald's, yeah. Yeah, and one of the interesting things, yes, to your point, Steve, 
this will improve when, when range improves. But one of the things, too, that, that we find in customers now who are considering EVs is that there's a lot of anxiety there that probably isn't justified. If your vehicle has a range of 250 miles or 350 on vehicles with much, with much greater range, that's more than you drive in a week. Most Americans drive far less than that in a week, and they should have charging at home. So in that case, the, the, the scenario where you're stuck in some terrible place is probably only because you're on a long trip. And as the interstate locations increase, and that's where the focus seems to be right now in building charging stations along interstates and along long trip routes, um, that should improve. I mean, there are still some horror stories about getting to a charging station and it's closed or it's not working, and that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that stuff's going to be improved. And in most cases, most people aren't going to run into that because they're charging at home. And 90% of all charging probably take place in at home, according to a lot of studies. Well, let me just say partly personal, in our own experience, it's looking for a new vehicle, and we were absolutely open to mm-hmm. an electric vehicle. I called a couple of um, electricians to talk about what we needed to do. And I honestly talked to two electricians who said, I'm not really sure. And I thought, yeah, that's a problem. okay, yeah, that is a problem. And I know I could have kept calling around and find somebody that said, oh, I've done this before. I can come out to your house and check to see if you're equipped or what you need to have done. But I felt like we were, uh, both of us were in the dark and that that was not a good thing to make the leap. No, Cars.com did a really interesting study on this, and they paid for most of their editors to have charging stations installed at their own homes, Mm -hmm. and they went through one by one the complications or ease of the situation. And in some cases, in newer constructions, it was very easy, but in older constructions, especially pre-war homes, Mm -hmm. very, very complicated, expensive, and a lot of changes had to be made. So it really depends on your house and how new it is and what kind of electrical service you have. And also the vehicle. I, I forget what the vehicle was uh, we were watching um, John Davis on Motor Week and they were talking about I, I think it may have been um, oh what's the uh, the new Hyundai uh, uh, Ionic the Ionic 5 Ionic yeah. yes. and, and yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this but I believe he said that you could get about a 70% charge in about 18 minutes Ooh. Which sounded like okay. Now they're That's starting to yeah. to. yeah, here's the problem with that. That is true, and that that number um, because the, the Hyundai products have uh, 800 volt charging systems, and they can be charged very quickly. Mm-hmm. Assuming you can find a charger that will charge it that quickly, and and those seem to be very rare, and they don't seem to be very reliable. Those are chargers that can provide up to 300. And, and 50 kilowatts of energy. If you can find that, you're great. And that's one of the beauties of the Tesla system. All the Tesla chargers are very, very fast. So, so now, <laughs> it, my, my brain is, is sort of freezing over because it's not only the availability of the charging stations, the kind of charging station, is your vehicle going to be compatible with this charging station? <laughs> and... <laughs> Well, compatibility is not a problem. Um, pretty much every car uses a CCS system now that isn't a Tesla, and every fast charger does provide CCS service. That's just the, the adapter itself. So that's not a problem. The problem is if you're expecting to get something done very, very fast, and you ended up a charger that only provides 50 kilowatts of energy, which is sort of the slowest of the commercial chargers, and then you get there, and then you got to wait an hour, which is yeah. terrible. 
All right, hold your thought. We're going to come back with Tom Appel. We've got a lot more ground to cover as we're talking about cars here in WGN. And and we're also going to be talking about uh, cars and technology. technology. And one of the threads that we saw in a number of uh, Facebook groups that uh, uh, we, we follow a number of car groups on Facebook, and a lot of the people are saying, oh, my car just updated today, and I now have to reset everything. everything. Mm-hmm. So but first, we'll get an update on the news here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. I wonder what you do in the back of that. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of uh, Tom... Yeah. We're talking with Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. And, and Tom, occasionally, he's on the phone with us tonight. But, Tom, this is one of those nights you you should have been in the studio with us. See, we are on the 18th floor mm-hmm. of uh-huh. the uh, 303 East Wacker Drive building. Mm-hmm. and I did not pay for what I just saw. Yeah. Uh, we are, are Most people would have to pay. There, there's a number of high rises in this neighborhood. <laughs> oh and my gosh! I just happened to look over and see. Gee, there's a, a number of windows that, that uh, are the lit. lines are pulled open, and there's lights. And I saw oh, one guy just kind of looked like he was looking back at us, and then Johnny pointed out this other couple. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes. And uh, and the guy was trying to get our attention because he had a light that he was flashing over here to get our attention. And when I looked, I went, oh, oh, gee, oh, I didn't know. Oh. And then I looked again to see if I saw what I saw. And I did. And one more time, I looked. <laughs> wow. like something I would enjoy. Yeah. Wow. What an education yeah, in the you're gonna last have to few minutes. Do more shows in studio, uh, yeah. Tom. Yeah. <clears throat> but pink Cadillac made me think of my face. I looked at you yeah. and I went, am I blushing? Because I feel like I'm blushing. <laughs> but just before we broke, I, we were talking about... Uh, one of the things that we've seen in a number of groups that we follow online, a number of automotive groups, and it seems to be mostly with uh, more recent vehicles, and the thread goes something like, I got in my car today, an update was just downloaded, and now I have to reset all of my preferences. Oh. Is this basically the new normal as we get more and more vehicles, electric vehicles or not, but the point is the digital technology is out there, and whether it's a a, a Ford Explorer or whatever. One of the pages that I, I read about that today was on the Hyundai Tucson page, and apparently Hyundai, if you have a Hyundai Tucson, this morning you went out to your car, and when you started your car, it looked completely different, like it did when it was on the showroom floor. Now, now let's be clear. This doesn't mean you can't start the car. No. It means that your preferences, like, do I want the radio on when I get in the car? Mm-hmm. Do I want the air conditioning set at this? Do I or want the I, auto stop? You there just or... have to reset those kind of preferences. Yes. Is this the new norm for vehicles as more and more digital technology becomes more and more a part of what we're driving? I hope not. The 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 going back to the factory settings is alarming because it shouldn't do that. That's 
I think that's a huge customer satisfaction error because yeah. there are so many things that you can set now to your satisfaction, um, and you wouldn't want them to go back. But over-the-air updates are something we're going to have to live with increasingly. And the good news is that software updates that don't involve us driving back to the dealer will allow us to improve the functionality and, and longevity of our infotainment systems and our navigation systems and things like that. And and some hardware stuff too. It can update maybe if there's a recall about emissions of your vehicle. Mm-hmm. That can probably be handled electronically via an over-the-air update. But the thing about over-the-air updates is it's not clear to what extent manufacturers should let you know that your your thing, the thing that you own, is yes. being messed with. And and then further, this thing that you just talked about with the Hyundai, and I was not aware of this, that your settings were going to be reset, that you should absolutely be alerted to that. And hopefully most of the updates will not involve something that drastic. And, and that, I would be curious to find out, and maybe you can find out from some yeah. of the manufacturers, is this... Uh, a problem caused by the manufacturer, the update, or the area of the country you're in when that update is downloaded and whatever uh, I don't think Wi-Fi so. hotspots, whatever. I don't think so because I, I just checked. The other um, manufacturer that uh, in this Facebook group they reported was Genesis. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness for these Facebook groups – it's almost like a support group. People said, oh, I thought it was just my car. Right. Oh, it's yours too. And these were people all across the country. So there's not like just people in the Midwest. But I've the also Coast. seen similar posts in uh, like with the uh, Lincoln Aviators. Yes. Uh, having similar. So it's not just one no. parent manufacturer. It's a number of car manufacturers who are downloading this technology Without giving, I think, proper warning to the owners. Tom, you're absolutely right. It is a customer satisfaction issue because when I read some of these posts in both the Hyundai and the Genesis site, people were freaking out. And on the Lincoln site, that happened a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago. They're saying, well, and then, of course, you've got that one guy that comes on and says, well, you know, just get your manual out. Well, yeah. If you'd known about it, you'd be prepared for it. But if you just get in your car to go to work and suddenly things are not the way they were when you turn the car off, that's very frustrating. Yeah, and I think that there's an excellent precedent here, too. We all have smartphones now, and mm-hmm. I have an Apple iPhone. And when I have, when there's an update, um, I'm alerted to the update. Yes. I have to allow the update. And, and all my settings return to where they were before the update. And I think yes. that's where this needs to be handled. And I think that we need to... People deserve to know what the content of the update is. Most people won't check it anyway, but I think that it's happening to a thing you own. Um, you're entitled to that. Additionally, if there's going to be an issue with uh, um, your, your settings being reset, you may want to delay that to some time when it's more convenient for you to have those things return uh, to normal. Good point. Uh, for example, if you're out on the road and, and you're in mid-trip, Got yeah. on, on a long vacation or whatever, maybe you exactly. you want to wait till the next day, the next week to say, okay, let me do yeah. this then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and speaking of technology, um, Tom, there was a story last week about, uh, again, talking about your smartphone. Some can start their car with their smartphone, and yeah. that's becoming more common, mm-hmm. too. And now we understand that that may be an area that thieves, as smart as they are, are figuring out a way to make them more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Is, are you are you hearing much about that? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about it because the system in play is exactly the same as the system used by the fob that you have. So your key that you're using to open your car, you're just using your phone instead. Mm-hmm. But it's the same RF signal going to the car just from a different device. So I'm not too concerned about security in this particular case. I know that it's worrisome because obviously there's, it, it seems like a new opportunity for people to get into your info. Yeah. But unless they can get into your phone and bad guys can get into your phone or intercept the signal, a thing which we were worried about 10 years ago and it doesn't seem to have happened, um, I don't see this as a huge security risk. Hmm. So you don't see uh, people needing to do, uh, for example, what we're doing with the, the vehicle that we recently purchased. Uh, we take the key fob and we are now putting it in a in a box <laughs> where you can't get the signal in or out of that box. Now it was. Yeah, and that, go ahead. The signal's super weak, right? It only works for a small distance, and it's very weak intentionally to limit it. Mm-hmm. So, if you are worried that this can happen, anything you put around it that's metal will probably completely block that signal. But so but you. But you need to test it. Yes. For example, we Patrick we try, Crispin, Patrick told, us Crispin to do this. told us. In fact, one of these days we need to get you and Patrick on together to talk about car yeah. technology. But Patrick great. Patrick told us the way to test this is put your cell phone in whatever this container is. That coffee can or whatever. So we tried it and if the cell phone rang, that's no good. We finally got this this box, call the phone, hear nothing. And so that meant that the signal was not getting through. And it, it was yeah. it was like 12 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. And I thought this is not going to work. Plus it looks But it made pretty, it it made a difference. And it looks good too. It's it's like a fake leather box with a little latch on it and you just come in and instead of just tossing your keys on the counter, then you just put them in the box and close up the box. But uh, I, I was convinced that um, one of those mint tins that you get or one of those great cookie tins that you get at Christmas, yeah. that's the thing that you could use. And sure enough, I put my phone in it and it rings, so that was no good. So that's, that's a good test for you. We're going to take a quick break. Time goes by way too fast as we're talking about things like cars. We'll come right back with Tom Appel here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Jackie Bronson, Rocket 88. <laughs> Ike Turner and his Kings of Rhythm backing Jackie on that. Oh, that's some trivia, right? Yeah. Talking with Tom Appel. Tom is the guy behind Consumer Guide Automotive. Check it out and check it out regularly because it is updated. Uh, I especially enjoyed, um, I think it was Jim Flamang's piece on whether or not you should buy or rent an electric car. Yeah, that's a really interesting situation. Yeah. One of the things that happened with the Inflation Reduction Act and the final list of vehicles that qualify for federal incentives for electric vehicle purchases is that very few vehicles qualify currently if you purchase them. But leasing is an enormous loophole, though it's complicated. So if a vehicle doesn't qualify in terms of North American content or North American manufacturer, you can lease the vehicle to get the incentive, but you have to work with a lessor that will work with you to get you that incentive. Mm-hmm. I want to sneak in a couple of questions real quick before we run out of time, Tom. Uh, Lister wants to know, and again, this ties in with technology, are you seeing or hearing of any issues with push-button shifters on cars? 
uh, shifters or starters? Well, I was thinking starters, but they said shifters. Um, oh, okay. Increasingly what we're seeing, and this is to save real estate on the center council, mm-hmm. we no longer roll you know, a big stick through a bunch of gears. Mm-hmm. We do things like nudge or pull up a little mm-hmm. lever or something like that. No, I haven't seen any particular problems with those, although there was one famously... Was it a few years ago in a Chrysler product? It was a Jeep Grand Cherokee where the vehicle was not fully put into park, and 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 famously the guy that was playing Chekhov in the Star Trek movies was killed by that vehicle. I don't know if you guys remember that story. No. Ooh, I've no. What happened? It was a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Yeah. And it had one of these shifters that instead of rowing through different detents, Mm -hmm. you simply nudge it forward or you nudge it backwards instead of moving it and it was not firmly engaged in park so Yikes. the driver of that vehicle the guy that played Chekhov, and i cannot remember the actor's name uh-huh. got behind his vehicle the car rolled over him and killed him oh Ooh. my gosh so that that's an extremely extreme example chrysler has redesigned that shifter since then mm-hmm. um but but no i haven't heard any particular problems besides the death <laughs> yeah uh, but, um, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the push-button shifter technology has actually been around since what? Since the 50s? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, was it DeSoto, I think, that did that first? Yeah, yes. yeah that sounds right. And I know uh, with the current Lincoln Aviator, you have almost like a piano key thing oh, that's right. where you would shift it that way. Which is very weird up on the dash. And, and I guess piano key is a good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's classy as heck. But, Do you? But some people might find it weird. <laughs> but, but but most of these uh, technologies, and there's uh, so many people now that are using, basically it's a dial, and you just spin it to, to the yeah. right or to the <clears throat> left, and, and that... Now, I'm okay with that, but I don't like the one that have, uh, and I can't think of the manufacturer, but it, it looks like a, um, uh, a touchpad, and you have to use your finger to... You go across the square that's right there on the center console to turn on well, your was radio. That, was that the? Oh, the, that's not the shifter. Uh, no, no, that, no. That was the uh, the, the I, inf- to access the infotainment center. Yeah, yeah. And, Lexus and, used to do that. And Lexus, and Acura yes. Acura still does it. Yes, yes, yes. And I hated that with Lexus because you would have to take your eyes off the road to do this and if you've got a long fingernail you have to kind of fuss to get your fingertip down there just right so that you can move it to the left or the right to get your radio station on or off and tom tell me uh, if i'm right or wrong on this but i think aren't a lot of manufacturers going back even though they have this digital technology they're going back to hard buttons oh. for, for you to to touch so you don't have to take your eyes off the road while you're driving yeah Increasingly, what we're seeing is, and it's better defined, and it seems to be more consistent now, but underneath the touchscreen, you'll find a row of controls that are usually for things like volume and tuning, and then your HVAC controls, mm-hmm. which, which people are very familiar with how those should look and feel anyway. And those are the ones I think you want constant anyway. You don't want to dig through menus to turn up the temperature a couple of degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 312 Area Code says, we've talked and we have talked often about AM radio in cars. This person says, what about CD players? What happened to them? Shopping for a car and there, there's no CD player. Yeah. And I know when we do road tests of cars, we, we'll give a shout out to the manufacturer if they do, in fact, give you that little yeah. slot for your CD. 
Yeah, I think the problem with CD players is that they took up a lot of space in the console. Yes. So they were, they were just doomed. And the, the, younger, the youngsters have been groomed to do their, their music <laughs> via Bluetooth. So. That's right. Mm. Streaming it. Um, but but it's, it's interesting, though, when you think about, uh, you say it takes up a lot of space, and you're just thinking about that little tiny slot. I can remember, Steve, was it on um, a Lincoln or, or Pontiac, where you had the box that went in the glove box, and you talk about taking up space. Oh, yeah. You had your, your disc holder, and mm-hmm. granted, it would hold a lot of disc, but it was taking up half of your glove box. Sure. So that you'd have to pull it out and you know put in your, mm-hmm. your CDs before you hit the road, and then put it back in your glove box. By the way, Tom, we interrupt the current train of thought for this for this text from the uh, 630 area code. <clears throat> Ask Tom about the donut reviews. <laughs> Someone who listens to your podcast, maybe? Yes, I think that might be superfan JP who listens every week. Hey, JP. Um, yeah, I think he's been disappointed that we haven't talked enough about the donuts that I bring into the studio every week. <laughs> So uh, we, we'll, we can get back to that. The problem is that there's not that many people there. So, in fact, the blatant plug light has gone on. So, uh, uh, podcasts and websites and everything. Laid on. Yeah, us. the car stuff podcast. Every week um, uh, we record on Mondays. A new episode appears every Tuesday. This week we have Robbie DeGraff of of. Uh, Auto Pacific on mm-hmm. to talk about why General Motors is ditching Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So that'll be a very good show oh, that's yeah. coming up. Oh, good. Uh, listeners, is a Star Trek actor who was killed was Anton Yelchin. That's the guy. Yes, yeah. thank you. Our audience, thank goodness, they fill in all the blanks for us. Now, a few minutes ago, you said you're nursing a bad knee. Yeah. Has any I, I don't know we've talked about you're going to physical therapy and I gave you some information about some thing that you could put around your knee to warm it up. Has anybody talked to you about knee surgery? Yes, and we're waiting on that. Basically, I'm I've got some things I'm trying to finish with the website uh, design. Okay. It looks good up front, but there's a lot of stuff in the back I still need to fix. So um, after that's done, and I lose another 20 pounds, uh, I'm going to schedule that surgery. Wait. It, 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 people can wonder, well, why are we uh, talking to Tom about this? It all ties together, boys yes. and girls. You need to hear about PRP. Has anybody talked to you about PRP? No. Okay. Because I had been talked to about having shoulder surgery. For a torn rotator cuff that I Johnny's have been, been dealing with a torn rotor, rotator cuff for about the past year and a half. And I oh, have, I know that's painful. Uh, let me tell you, I've actually gone through seven months of physical therapy, and many of those weeks were two, sometimes three times a week. And I was lucky because my insurance, I started halfway into one year at the end of a year, so my insurance, I used up those, and then I started in the new year and burned off all of my physical therapy in the new year. So I was told after having multiple cortisone shots, and I'm sure you've had cortisone shots too in your knee. I have. Yeah. I was told this is not a good thing. We can't keep doing this. You you need to be talking about having surgery and and I I I don't want to do this. I don't want to sleep in a chair for 6 weeks. I don't want to mm-hmm. go through this. And it is my left hand uh, my left arm. I am right-handed. I understand that, but PRP may be life-changing, Tom. It's called platelet-rich plasma injections. Oh, I have heard about this. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Guys, the health club was singing its praises. Yes. I went through it last week. 
it's not for the faint of heart because when you hear injection, you think you're getting the shot. Right. And right. about oh, about five minutes into it, I was begging the shot to be over with <laughs> because it's the weirdest sensation that you're not given any pain meds for you know no lidocaine nothing like that but i'm going to go into more detail after the news but seriously tom you need to ask somebody uh, your your ortho guy about prp before you jump into surgery well thank you i will yeah yeah and and i'll give more details about what i experienced last week because i said it's not for the faint of heart i know that there are people who are doing this for hair restoration now, as I understand it, with hair restoration, that may last you as little as nine months, maybe a year. And then after that, you go right back to hair loss. I don't think, from what I've been told, that's the case when you do it for an injury. It's to help with healing. So, um, again, we can talk off the air about it, but if you can keep listening, I'll give more details after the news, Tom. And, good. and as always, anytime we talk about medical stuff... Yeah. We're, we're not doctors. We just play them on the radio. But but seriously, <laughs> we just if if we have an experience with something, we throw it out for you to take the information and not do it, but talk to yeah. your medical professional about it. So, well, Tom, thank you as always for your time. It's a pleasure having you on the radio, and um, it's Sunday morning. Good morning. Yeah, yeah, happy, happy Sunday. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tom. Bye bye now. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That, that was, was a, a hit, hit back in 1974. Oh yeah, Carol Douglas. You don't Carol, remember that? No. Doctor's orders, Carol Douglas. Yeah, in 74. So 1974. Even before the big disco craze because i think of that as being yeah that was a little bit later in the 70s yeah the disco craze was roughly 77 78 something like that that's a cute little tune and what else did carol douglas do she one hit wonder uh that was her biggest hit but uh, doctor's orders doctor's orders yeah carol douglas okay i'm doing a quick check here and that was, I believe, that was top ten, certainly, really? certainly top twenty. Uh, an American singer who we, we played hit. it on the uh, the One Speak eighty nine. I know she's seventy five years old today. She was a pioneer. She was a pioneer in the disco genre. Her Again. big hit was Midnight Love Affair. Well, now I know Midnight Love Affair. Now, I don't remember what year was Midnight Love Affair. Seventy six, seventy seventy six, seventy seven. Because I was in college. I'm seeing seventy five. So really, seventy five. Okay, well, I was in college then too. So, for for some reason, I don't think it got as high on the charts, at least in Chicago, as Doctor's Orders did. Because oh, it says here Doctor's Orders is considered a pioneering track yeah. in disco music. Um, I don't think we played Midnight at the uh, at the One's Big Eighty Nine. Do you have access to Midnight Love Affair? One moment. All right. <laughs> One moment, please. <laughs> yes. Stand by for Midnight Love Affair. Standing you know by. What? An hour ago, I had a little Midnight Love Affair in here. Yeah. The, wow. We're just noticing, for some reason, I wonder how many people in the building gotta, next to us listen to us, because within the past hour, so many of these windows have... <laughs> They've raised their blinds. The lights are on. Have you noticed that, uh, Julian? Because Julian's sitting in the dark, so I can't even see him. (laughs) But have you? 
Are you in the dark because it's easier to look over there in the dark? Well, don't put me on blast. Oh, like I'm that. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Something I got to keep close to the chest. Oh, okay. It's a producer secret. And we always have the uh, the lights on in the studio, so they can certainly see us. But the dude that was using the the flashlight to get attention. I know he was flashing that flashlight so that I was would flashing look. his flashlight. He was flashing. That was his flashlight. Uh, as long as that's all he was flashing. Yeah. Is that your flashlight, or are you just glad to see me? Uh. <laughs> and I'll admit, I wasn't sure what I was seeing, so I kept uh-huh. looking. And you asked me what I was looking at, and I said, I'm not sure, but I'll tell you when I figure it out. Because <laughs> it was just a little flash. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a difficult time looking at you because I'm afraid when I look at you, the things that I'm going to see over your shoulder. <laughs> what is there about the one o'clock hour? It just and it doesn't matter how long the show is. It can be a five hour show, it can be a two hour it can be a one hour show. The one o'clock hour just It's like the wheels fall off. The wheels fall off and they go flying into the building across the uh, Oh, pardon me. We're gonna take a quick break. Yeah. And when I come back I'm gonna talk to you. I'm gonna hose Johnny down. Stop that. I'm gonna talk to you about the serious stuff about PRP. Okay. As in plasma rich, no, platelet rich plasma. I'll <laughs> get it straight. I mean, I only experienced it. Be- before you do that, can yes. I just go back to something from the previous segment? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, does that mean if I end up spraining my ankle, I can't consult you guys on injury treatment? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can because we play doctors on the radio. Yeah, that's you right. can. That's right. You could do anything on we're the radio. He- yeah. We're here for yeah. you. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to need some medication. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about PRP here on WGN. Dr. Feelgood and the interns. They call me the doctor in my neighborhood. All the women's call me Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. Mm. I love that. That, That's great, great New Orleans. Oh, that would have been... uh, 50. Uh, I, th- I want to say 60-ish something. Because okay. there was a Motley Crue song, right. Dr. Feelgood. And there was also an Aretha Franklin. Oh, Aretha Franklin, yes. She yeah. did a Dr. Feelgood, but nothing like Dr. Feelgood and the interns. Yes. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Seriously. And, and, and again, I'll be real serious before we get into okay. this. As I said earlier, but for those of you new to our conversations, periodically we will share some medical thing if it is something that has helped us. We're not doctors. Don't do what we do. Take the information that we we share with you and check it out with your doctor. Right. It may not work at all for you or your doctor may say, Oh, yeah, I've heard about that, and here's how it would apply to you. Right. Uh, What I'm going to tell you, though, comes from a mainstream orthopedic doctor Mm -hmm. who only recently started doing PRP injections for injuries. 
and she said that um, she er, everything she has read up until the point when she started doing PRP injections made her think that this was something that she should at least try with some of her patients who don't want to go the route of surgery. And I want to back up and say that Johnny has been dealing with a torn rotator cuff for about the past year and a half. I don't know how it happened, but I'm telling you, it's like um, I described it when I first went to the doctor. I said, it's like a toothache in my shoulder 24-7. So annoying. And on top of that, limited flexibility, ability uh, to just reach out and grab something. Mm -hmm. And I was noticing, even with physical therapy and doing my exercises at home, that my my ability to move was becoming even more restricted, as mm-hmm. though it was becoming frozen, which isn't very common, I'm told, for right. it to freeze up on you. And I don't want to live the rest of my life with a frozen shoulder, because it's crazy how you reach out for something when you realize, oh, mm-hmm. my arm doesn't work like that. So she said... Would you like to try PRP injections? Read up on it. And I did. Now, when I hear the word injection, I think of a shot. Mm -hmm. I don't think of a needle that's in your arm for a period of time. So that came as a big surprise to me, as did the fact that there's no numbing you before you get said Mm -hmm. shot. But everything I read was very positive, and she'd had great luck with people with knee problems, torn meniscus, thinking Mm -hmm. that they were going to have to have knee surgery, opting for the platelet-rich plasma injection before going the route of surgery. Now, maybe they'll ultimately have to have surgery, but they're giving this a shot first. I think a key part of this is when you're talking about platelets, you're not getting platelets from someone else. You're getting your Platelets. So the procedure started with a blood draw, and the blood was then put into a machine. I was in the same room with the machine that then separates the platelets, and it looks really dark. I'd never seen platelets before. I'd never donated my platelets or anything. I didn't know how it would look different, but it did look dark, and, and there was a lot of it. And I thought, oh, well, they've got a lot of it just in case they spill some. I didn't think all of it was going to go in my shoulder. And that's when it dawned on me, oh, this isn't a shot. And I had read stuff on it. I told you Mm -hmm. I was excited about giving this a, a, a try because, hey, it's just an injection, thinking in my head it's a shot. And then I said, so are you going to use lidocaine? And she goes, oh, no, sorry. I guess we should have talked about that. There's nothing that goes on your skin before we do the injection. So I gritted my teeth. And, yeah, it's freaky. It's But but also, as she's doing it, she's watching where she's on an ultrasound this. machine yeah. right she's so she's watching on the ultrasound machine exactly where she wants to put it and what tendon muscle mm-hmm. right there where the injury is so of course that's not going to feel real good but it didn't last and, and she's not going into your arm she's going into the hard shoulder muscle right there right you're you're pointing to look at me i'm tapping my shoulder yeah. it's not killing me um yes so when she was done, I was shocked at how my arm felt because it felt like it weighed 
so much. And you had to have your arm in a cast. A sling. A, a sling, I'm right. sorry. So she gave me a sling. Immediately they were prepared to put mm-hmm. my arm in a sling because she said, when you drop it down, you're going to feel this weird sensation because you've got all these platelets that have been injected in there. And that's weird, too, to think that the platelets that came out of you, because they're now injected back into you in a platelet mass, that it becomes heavier. Yeah, well, that was my sensation. I don't think everybody feels that way because she she said, you may feel stiff. Mm -hmm. You may feel pain for as much as a week to 10 days. Well, I'm two days out and I got no pain and I'm... But having said that, the first day, day and a half, you were not a happy camper. No, It it was very annoying because it would sneak up on me. And the pain would. Um, but I'm very pleased because, you see, today I'm even talking with my hands in a way I, I don't feel like I've done forever. If I didn't know what you'd been dealing with for the past year and a half, I wouldn't know you had yeah. any problem. Because yeah. you, you can raise your arm, you're moving your arm And it's out. not supposed to help you that quickly. It's supposed to take But again, didn't she say everybody is different? different? That's true. Everybody is different. And I want to emphasize that because, again, what we're talking about, that worked for Johnny may not work for you, right. but run it by your doctor. Right. And, and your doctor and may what say, your doctor says. it won't do any good for you. And oh, by the way, insurance does not cover it. Mm-hmm. And that concerned me because I thought, well, if insurance doesn't cover it, does that mean it hasn't been medically approved? And that's not the case at all. It gets great reviews. Uh, and I, I really couldn't find anything that was negative. And, and this is a case where Johnny and I are uh, are very lucky. Uh, we could say, okay, we'll take care of this because, in my mind, heck yeah, this defines quality of life. But I expected it to be in the thousands of dollars, and it was less than a thousand dollars. That's a lot of money, I understand, because you don't know going into it if it's going to make any difference whatsoever with your injury. And so you may walk out of there and a month later feel exactly the way you felt before right. you had the injection. And and that's just one of the – but then again, I know people who've had knee surgery, mm-hmm. and they say, gee, I, I thought it was going to be better than I am today. Anyway – Uh, PRP is what it's called. You can do some research on it. Orthopedic doctors do it. Uh, You may have heard a listener texted tonight and said that her friend is doing PRP in her ovaries for infertility. Another friend told me that she is aware of it being used for hair uh, replacement restoration. Uh, when you're losing your hair, you can mm-hmm. get the injections, and they say that's really very painful. That is absolutely not for the faint of heart, but you do have hair growth as a result of the platelet injections in your head, which I find fascinating. And then dermatologists will tell you that there's a thing called the vampire facial. And this is freaky to I think me. We can thank the kardashians for this because apparently they've been very open about the the so so this is rather than botox because botox are injections a vampire facial is they take your own platelets and then they're rubbed on your face with a roller and so you've got your all over your face but it's supposed to do remarkable things and so 
that's another way that the platelets are used. I um, see Gabe just put on his headphones. Gabe, is any of this interesting to you? or are you, Well, yeah. professional athletes are, are uh, tend to use that treatment now for really? orthopedic yes. oh, that, injuries. That makes perfect sense. That's right. Yeah. That's what my doctor said. She said that's really where it has been tested is with um, athletes who don't want to go through surgery. They mm-hmm. want to try something first before they opt for surgery, which could take them out of playing for you yeah. in some cases months right um it's it's i guess what it does is it helps regenerate the, the whatever limbs were injured is that amazing though because when she shot that right into my shoulder injury i thought okay i i i jokingly said as she was doing it uncle i'm a communist i'll sign the papers whatever you want just make it stop <laughs> but i love this because a it's not surgery B, it's not some foreign chemical. This is your blood Blood. platelets going back into a a portion of your body and hopefully helping your body to naturally heal. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, hopefully, you know, more people will give it a try. I know I would certainly... Uh, be open to it if I had a major orthopedic injury. But yeah, professional athletes are the ones who uh, get that treatment more often than not. So mm. um, yeah, it's uh, going over the last probably few years to the last decade or so. It's kind of been, that's kind of risen in popularity and, and, and as far as the frequency of how often it is used. So it definitely works. Well, I'll be ready for the bears before you know it. <laughs> I've been working on that. It is one thirty time now for a news update here on WGN. This is pre-rock and roll. Unless Paul was predicting rock and roll guitar. Yep. We played some of this because uh, June 9th would have been Les Paul's 108th birthday. And those of you who are longtime listeners know that Johnny and I were very fortunate to have a, a, a close friendship with Les Paul. And if you don't know who the heck Les Paul is, do a little investigating. Long story short, without Les Paul, we probably wouldn't be sitting here in this studio. Uh, Les Paul was a pioneer in the development of the electric guitar. He was the first to use things like, uh, well, he invented a, a tape delay echo. Uh, flanging, uh, close miking, uh, reverb, the, the reverb, any of a number of things. Uh, just an extraordinary man. Always chasing sound. Yeah, that's the, the if, if you can get your hands on the the documentary chasing, chasing sound. sound yeah. It is um, it's it's wonderfully done because it showed him all the way up until he was still performing. In his 90s, but you got a sense of where he came from in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And uh, the fact that he had a very special mother who realized that she had a very special kid. Oh, yeah. And she wanted him to be able to let his mind expand. And if he wanted to know why things work the way they did, she was going to see to it that he got those answers. If you want to see one of our favorite pictures with Les... Uh, go to our blog, and that's uh, steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O-H-N-N-I-E dot wordpress.com. And uh, we did a little post about Les's 108th birthday, and along with that post, 
There's a picture when we were on stage with Les at the Pabst Theater in Milwaukee, and all of us are laughing. It was just a mm-hmm. it was a fun night. And uh, oh, he it, was in heaven. He was back home. Yeah, that was actually the last time we saw Les. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked with him a lot after that, but that was the last time we saw him. And you know how on Facebook you have your memories that pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a memory that popped up for June tenth of two thousand nine. And on our Steve and Johnny page, we wrote, if you heard us talk to Les tonight, we only talked to him for about 10 minutes because he wasn't feeling mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And we told him to put down the phone and roll over and go back to sleep. And that was actually the last time we talked to him on the radio. Yeah. Uh, we did have the opportunity to talk to him from home just to check on him to see how he was doing. But mm-hmm. he he kind of turned a corner at that point. But if you look at at the picture on our blog, and again, it's uh, stevehandjohnny.wordpress.com. Les was in his 90s when this picture was taken. Mm-hmm. And in his 90, at 94 years old, he was still playing guitar and having a good time. And backstage, I I got to help him pick out the turtleneck that he would be wearing because he always traveled. And in fact, when he passed away, they auctioned off many of the things that had collected in his home. And one of the things was his collection of like 65 turtleneck Mm -hmm. shirts. And, And he told me very early on, turtlenecks are your friend. You can take 10 or 15 years off your age if you wear a turtleneck. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that afternoon, he said to me, what color turtleneck do you think I should wear on stage tonight? And so I, I pointed one out, mm-hmm. and, and I thought, yeah, he wasn't just joking. That's, that's his thing, it, yep. because you're hiding that neck, and maybe you're going to hide a few years if you do that. He was an extraordinary man, and we were uh, very, very lucky to to call him a friend. I lo- I love what you wrote too. Uh, you said uh, honestly, none of us uh, who knew him would have been surprised if that were the case. If he was around today on his hundred mm-hmm. eighth birthday, he said we uh, know the Wizard of Waukesha would still be playing, and he told us that's what kept him alive oh, sure. was being able to go back to mm-hmm. playing every week and how many times have we heard from people that said that they went to new york just to see him and he stayed till the very last mm-hmm. person walked out of the club yep. and that's when he would tune into us as he was driving back home to new jersey and you said um he would not only be playing, but tinkering, inventing, and sharing his toys with anyone who expressed an interest. Les Paul's friendship is a singular gift we will always treasure. Happy birthday in heaven, rhubarb bread. Yep, he was a, a very, very special man. And uh, he, uh, he pioneered so many things. I was reading, just coincidentally, Guitar Player Magazine I assume it's in their current issue. I just saw it online. They have an article on the Les Paul recording guitar, mm-hmm. which was the guitar that really, if you see the guitar that Les Paul is playing in his later years, it was a Les Paul recording guitar, and really it had all of his secrets. He finally gave that to Gibson. It didn't sell well. 
because you had to kind of know how to manipulate this. <laughs> to be a genius to work it? <laughs> well, you, it, kind it, of. it was more involved than just plugging in and playing. But it's a really interesting article in the uh, current, I think it's the current issue of Guitar Player Magazine. I know it, I saw it online. So if you're a, a guitar geek as I am, mm-hmm. you can learn a lot about the guitar that less really... Really, uh, it put all of his toys into that one guitar. And we should mention that our book is still available. Yeah. Uh, Duh. Um, our book, a little more or less, is still available. And again, you you can link to the website from uh, uh, from our blog. The the website is a little more or less dot com. And it's a hardcover book, and we always called it uh, from the day we had the book published. We called it our Valentine to him. It's not a tell all book. It's no. a book in his own words from the hours and hours of interviews that we had with him on the radio we actually transcribed many of those interviews when he told some wonderful stories and if you are a fan of this radio station it's very wgn centric yeah the book is not just interviews with Les. so we mm-hmm. give you a lot of backstage stories and pictures and uh, it's a, a memoir mm-hmm. of the years that we were fortunate to know this extraordinary man and included with that memoir are pictures and interviews with him. And you can also access some of those interviews from that website. A little more less yeah. with one S mm-hmm. dot com. We'll take you there. Oh, I know. They're, they're starting right. to flick the lights. I know. And it's not the, the dude across the way and, and, and on the 20th no. floor. <laughs> and I can hear the Zamboni. They're, they're getting ready to... Clean the polish place. the floor. Yeah. They're going to polish the floors, and that guy always hates it when we linger. So, so that means only one thing. If you would like to be our last caller, because it's uh, getting time for last call, they're going to close up the joint, uh, at least close up our show. Mm-hmm. If you would like to be our last caller, you can give us a buzz at 312-981-7200. Yep. That number again, 312-981-7200. And before we go any further, can I say uh, just a little shout out to, let me get the exact name, Dry Ridge, Kentucky. Because Tim checked in to say he was listening on the radio, the old-fashioned way. Well, in, hey, Tim. In Dry Ridge, Where is Kentucky, Dry Ridge, Kentucky? Home of Skeeter Davis. Tim says. Really? Born, yes, the famous country singer Skeeter Davis. Huh. Yep. So thank you, Tim, for checking in. And we ask next week when you guys sign in to tell us where you're listening from, tell us if you're listening on the internet or if you're listening on the radio. Yeah. Just kind of curious. So if you would like to uh, be our last caller, because they're flicking the lights, getting ready for last call, 312-981-7200. And uh, we'll get a bunch of calls, and we'll just pick a number and see which one yep. we want to make our Ooh. last call. And we have prizes. I have the famous prize list right here. And it says, uh, in fact, they're good to be given out to our last caller tonight. So that could be you. So that's coming up. Stay with us. You don't have to go home. Well, we do. you kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking your finger is going to slip someday, and the rest of the song is going to play. It will be a parking lot next week. Yeah, I, and I will say for those of you who would like to investigate this, mm-hmm. the song is called "The Closing Song." It's by Red Peters. <laughs> you have been warned. We are never 
going to play ever the entire version of that song Mm -mm. on the radio nope what you've heard is as much Mm -hmm. as we will ever play that's right but the rest of it is interesting (laughs) it sets a mood it does It's closing time. Yeah. All right. It's closing time. And we had a bunch of callers. And it is your turn this week to pick a number. I thought I picked last week. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, I'm going to pick number one. I'm going to be original and go with number one. And number one would be uh, Lester. Hey, Lester, you're on WGN. Oh, hi, Steve. Gosh, it's been so long. I'm the guy that used to bring donuts there in the morning. Oh, Oh, our donut man. Lester, how are you, buddy? Oh, uh, I'm okay. I, I just pulled over now. I pulled the Amazon trailers around. I have my own tractor. Oh. Um, now, with it, I want to let you know, you guys, pretty much, I, I go within 600 or 800 miles of Chicago. Yeah. And you guys are everywhere at night. And oh, good. KDWN out in um, Las Vegas, mm-hmm. they went dark permanently. Well, that's what they're we gone. thought. Yeah. They, they, they yeah, went they're dark. they're not coming back. No. But, but I thought yeah. I thought the uh, the frequency or the station was bought out by another company, and that company is going to be uh, resuscitating that frequency. Yeah. Maybe, because it is such a good frequency. You know, it's uh, one of the best uh, frequencies in the country, you know. Uh, We've always thought so. Yeah, we get no argument from us. (laughs) You know, I listened to you guys from about way north, almost the Arctic Circle in northern Ontario, and at about one in the morning, um, Chicago. I've heard you guys in Florida, New York City. um, If you can get around WOR, you know. Yeah. um, I've heard you. I've heard you just about everywhere. And the best story is. You were talking to somebody that heard you in Australia, and I'm making the donuts, and I'm listening to the guys sent you guys a tape. You're playing the tape on the radio, yes. and you're talking to me. I was oh. on the phone with you. I nearly, I nearly fell over. <laughs> That's wild. Wow. Well, let me take you back, though. You said you're driving. Are you literally driving that many miles for Amazon? Oh, my God, yes. See, I go in between um, the facilities. There's um, all these different uh, fulfillment facilities. There's like right. 50 in the Chicago area. Yeah. And most, they're everywhere. And so, um, like, I'll go a two-day trip. We'll, I'll, I'll cover maybe 1,000 miles and uh, with a 10-hour break in the middle. That's, wow. I mean, that's typically. Yeah. Right. And, um it's not as profitable as it used to be, but I'm getting by. You know, I don't got that many more years to go. Uh, you know, my tractor has two million miles on it. Everybody's what? wondering whether I'm going to crap out first. Two yeah, million? Wow. Wait, is that, a, is that a record for a truck to have two million um, miles? It's, uh, it's, it's not a record, but it's un- very unusual. Yeah. Uh, in my Volvo club, um, I guess I got about three or four other guys that are in the same boat. But wow. this was a very good engine. And I bought it with 300,000 miles on it, and, and I took good care of it. You know, I, I, I put over a million and a half, on it, you know. Yeah. Um, it's been good to me. I've been very lucky. I, Other than hitting one deer, I haven't had a ticket or accident in three million miles. So uh, I've been very, Ooh, very fortunate. That's very impressive. So, so these days, uh, what area of the Midwest are you covering now? How many miles? Well, the thing is, I go. I never know where I'm going to go. I mean, so like, like tonight... I'll go up to Minneapolis and partway to Des Moines, lay down there. Then I'll go to Des Moines and back to Chicago. Other times I may go to Pittsburgh 
or I may go to Nashville. I like Nashville myself. Yeah. Um, uh, it's beautiful down there, but mm-hmm. usually within 600 miles. Um, and, of course, there's other drivers based out of other areas that will cover other areas, you know. But um, usually I'm six to 800 miles from Chicago at most. I guess that's about as far as I've gone. And who were, and, you, uh, who were you driving donuts but, for back in the day? Well, I had a guy that uh, I managed four Dunkin' Donuts stores for an owner. Yeah. And um, what I would do is I'd go out delivering. We had a wholesale business where I delivered oh, yeah. to cafeterias and universities yes. and hospitals, and I'd go all over the place. Right. And so I'd always have some extra. I'd just be getting done, <laughs> and I'd stop in. I always remember Bob Collins. He wouldn't let me in the studio unless I had a few double chocolate donuts. <laughs> That's yep. Right. Yep. I had to promise I wouldn't tell his wife. <laughs> yes. Yep. And don't mention it on the radio because she would be listening. I remember yes. those days. Absolutely. One other, I got one other gem for you. Yeah. The cheap date New Year's party. Yes. Biggest thrill of my life. I actually sat in between the two of you with a mic in front of me half the night. I remember that. Oh, my, yes. oh my God. That was, a, that was in the showcase the studio. I've been on the air with, uh, like, WLW in Cincinnati when they had the, <laughs> the night-long truckers network. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was a guest host there. Oh my and if goodness. I ever wanted to do something else, I'd love to do radio. It's it's so much fun. You know, the, the gift that you two have, you're able to reach out to people, whether it was something terrible happened in Chicago or whether it was just six feet of snow. And, you know, it's just winter in Chicago, Steve used to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many dis- you used to be able to reach out to the people out here, and that that's a gift from God. Oh. And um, that's why for how many years, well, I think about 25 years, because I think we got married the same year that you guys did. And um, you were just part of everybody's life. And um, and the thing is, the reason you're back on the air because you don't see that anymore. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of radio. I have all the DX equipment. Uh, out of my home, I've talked all over the world. i got a big mask sticking out of my roof. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, but, thank you for your kind uh, words. It's very sweet of you. And and honestly, I, I'm, I'm, it, it's true, though. You know, it, it's very true. Well, we're very happy that we could come back and just relax on a Saturday night. And with all the serious stuff going on in the world, nobody expects us to, oh, I know. to you My know, God, to change yes. any minds. We can just come in here and do what we want to do on a Saturday night. And that's that's one of the things when uh, the management at WGN, uh, honestly, that they wanted us to come back and do five nights a week. And we said, thank you, but been there, can done I that. Can I ask you a question? Sure, you can ask. Any possibility of you coming in and playing your guitar for us? Oh, I think I can talk him into that someday. Oh, that might happen someday. Oh, my God, what a treat. <laughs> well, let's I used to play drums in a band when my sister was alive. My sister died of cancer at a young age, and I oh, never sorry. really got back into it. But, yeah. um, um, boy, what a treat. And you know what? Um, I remember you when you were uh, at WLW. I mean, you're part of how we grew up. And, and <laughs> listening to your ability, and um, I'll tell you what, um, oh, my God, less. uh Boy, what a talent. And and it's just like you gave us an inside shot of what this man was all about that we wouldn't normally know. And uh, what an amazing man. Uh, What a 
That's all I can really say, other than being one of the best uh, guitar players ever to walk the earth, you know. Yeah. Amen I to like, that. I like Lester. the video with him with the black box. Isn't that something? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Well, well you guys named Lester are pretty special. <laughs> That's right, Les. Well, I, I, I tend to think so. But, um, Lester, do me a favor. You, you know what? You made my night. You know what? You guys, it's such a pleasure talking to well, you. Well, Lester, you, you made ours. Because it's an it, honor to think that you're going to be wearing a WGN official uh, honest to God, WGN retro T-shirt. It's going to become a new way. I'm a big old man now. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on for a second, Lester. We can make it happen. You're also going to get your very own desktop weather station from American Weathermakers Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. And thank you so much for all those kind words. It's very sweet. How good to and hear from And thanks for listing all these yeah. years. Oh, yeah. my gosh. God bless you. That, that really did. I mean, we've had fun all night long but lester was the icing on the cake Uh, and and we i remember the night that lester was in the studio we were in the showcase studio for our new year's eve party yep yep (laughs) oh my gosh and i really remember him coming in with chocolate donuts for bob collins and bob would say very sternly do not mention this on the radio johnny gale do not he'd say i don't want all agnes to know about this that's right (laughs) Well, we are running out of time. Yes. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Uh, yeah, we really yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Uh, next week, uh, are we back at the regular time next week? I, we are I back think at the regular are. time. And, um, I so we have a full five hours next week? <laughs> no. <laughs> Julian's back with us next week, and then we'll wear him out, and he'll take a couple weeks vacation. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long day for the boy, though. So thank you very much, Julian. Appreciate everything you did. And Gabe and ron and bob the keeper of the big plug and next week uh we'll have uh, our friend sydney friedman the musical mentalist he'll be joining us mm-hmm. uh, patrick crispin will join us to solve some computer problems and uh we got a few other surprises but uh again it's been fun hanging out with you thank you so much for hanging out with us 